Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. So, welcome to episode 70. Our 69 is over. 70. 69 is done. However, if we didn't call you, we're going to be doing some overtime. Probably, we might I, do a whole another call episode. So, so. Fuck, dude. There were so many people who were like, God, call, call me, call me, call me, call me. Yeah. Yeah. So, we didn't forget anyone. We just didn't have time because that was how long? Like five hours worth of phone calls? Holy shit. That was a lot. I can't remember how long. I know no, the it was, like, it was an hour and a half. And the one before that, I think, was, I swear it was two and a half hours. It was I two and a half an hour. It was a lot of yeah. fucking phone calls. Yeah. So, we didn't, we just ran out and we forgot to call. <laughs> We were hungover, and we told the Dark Windows podcast that we would call them on Sunday when they were recording, but the Didn't strip happen. club happened. So um, titties happened. So we had fat asses bouncing on our faces. Yes. <laughs> I still um, do. Dude. Close that, my eyes. <laughs> I swear to God, state law. Close I my still... The face that you were making when I like reached over and shut your jaw, you were like, nope. Nope. It's going back open. Nope. I don't need to be cool. New Orleans. Nolans. 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 But we did fucking do Museum of Death, so there's that. Every time I tell somebody out here that that's where they went, they just, that's where we went. They like roll their eyes. I'm like, what? This is what we do. They roll their eyes? Like, oh, you would go there type thing. I'm like, oh, I'll yeah, go fuck yourself. I would. Not in a bad way. In oh. a, like, you know, like, I figured. Ah, uh, fucking no wonder. Yeah, like that. Yeah. It's like a, ah, uh, I, I gotcha. Then I tell yeah. them what was in there, and they're like, oh. 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 Yeah. Fucking fat Sadie. I still I still can't with that oh, shit. Oh, do I have, <laughs> I have a surprise for you, speaking of fat Sadie. Are you serious? But can we shout out our Patreons first? Yish. If you want to... But, but wait. You really have a fucking fat Sadie fucking... I may or may not. I okay. have. That's oh. why I've been hoarding this these papers over here. Okay, I'll that's, be good. Because I was going to email you all this stuff last night, and then I'm like, no, no, no. You're just... Sorry. Surprise! You get the surprise. But this was your surprise. And I was too lazy to, like, cut it out and put it on a different page and not email that part. I was... No. No. But first, we'll talk about our Patreon. Okay. Yes. Patreons. If you would like to donate to our Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com backslash colormedeadpodcast or go to colormedeadpodcast.com and click donate for three different options to donate. Do you think I should start doing commercials? I really... That was really good. I'm just kidding. You know I can't read. I would fumble fuck everything. This is like 11 months later. I finally can figure out how to say these words. No, it was really good. Yeesh. Yeesh. It was really good. And I would give you the paper, but you can't see the surprise. So I'm just going to say it. We need to give a huge shout to our examinators. Yeesh. Clinton Toon, Samantha Vaughn, and Sharon Hoffman. Yish. So I did just write to you on this that we have a surprise. And it's the letter from David Berkowitz. He wrote to his pen pal named Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Dee. I was laughing really hard. Oh, fuck. Dee Dee. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, okay. In 1986. Now, I'm going to read it to you. And you tell me, I swear to God, some is left out. I don't think this is the actual, like, word-for-word letter. I think some of it is left out. But I'm going to read it to you so you can tell me what you think. It says... I can't with the fucking Dee Dee thing because <laughs> then, all, then all I think is fucking Dexter's Laboratory. Yes. And I'm, Dee Dee, you fucking idiot. I don't think we read that part in the museum because I feel like no. we would have been stuck on that for a long time before I think reading. we would have been. Because uh, I did never look at who they were addressed to. I would just start reading the letters. And then if I wanted to, then if it like, pertained to the letter, then I'd go back and see if it says who it was. But 
Anyway, it says, Dear Pen Pal Dee Dee. I, I, <laughs> I, I was ready for it and I still couldn't do it. <laughs> Greetings from Death Row. I'd say that sweaty, fat lady that's giving you grief is living on overtime. Fucking seedy. <laughs> Why, right now, her bloodstream may be filling with fatty cholesterol, which could cause sudden death or stroke. If you're lucky, she will drop dead right at your feet, sliding off the chair and plopping on the floor of the office and leaving a large, greasy stain. <laughs> Dee Dee, I know a lot about fat people. They've eaten themselves to madness and insanity. It's true, Dee Dee. These gluttons become extremely jealous, self-conscious, and finally paranoid, convinced that everyone is laughing at them, which is probably true. <laughs> they are generally oh, fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> they are generally weak-minded, lack willpower and self-confidence, and are constipated, destructive, and even sadistic. Here's what I recommend. <laughs> Obtain a brown paper lunch bag. Get a hunk, a huge hunk of hero bread. Get plenty of meatballs. Get plenty of tomato sauce. Put meatballs and sauce on hero bread. Secure a fat, juicy pickle. <laughs> Cut a huge wedge of coconut custard pie. Put hero pickle and pie into a brown bag. At lunchtime, get a seat in front of Fatso and pull out your hero pickle and... <laughs> And pie lunch. Mm. <laughs> Start chewing and watch her drool. Watch her get dizzy. Watch her eyes begin to pop out of their sockets. See Fatty run. See her run out of the door. See her make tracks to Harvey's hero haven. See her bite into a meatball and Pepper's hero and die. See Fat Sadie dead and buried. Here lay Fat Sadie, whose heart quit at 479 pounds. Oh my god, I'm so fucking sorry that I'm laughing. <laughs> Write me again soon, Dee Dee. I'm thinking of becoming a born again. Love, David. <laughs> so that letter was from David Berkowitz. I didn't mention that to begin with. Well, but, if they had let us take pictures. I know. So that's that's the letter that we were talking about previously <laughs> that we couldn't remember everything. However, I feel like they left out quite a bit because I think that I know that there was a part that was like sniff it and audibly make this <laughs> make the and noise. Make the noise. Mm. Then take your first bite. Like I know <laughs> yes, that there was it, some there left was. out. There was. But that gives you the gist better than what Holy we were shit. trying to say before when we were trying to sort of... I'm sorry. I was fucking giggling way too because hard. Because if it wasn't like a true thing, it's Just, freaking like, hilarious. But it, it, it is a true That's thing. And it's sad fucked part. up. And you're like... And then the way he's like, I know a lot about fat people. Bitch, because you are a fat people. <laughs> you are not skinny. I saw pictures. There was pictures of you right under this. If you don't already know who he is, he is the son of Sam. And I I feel like we need to cover him because I found a I... whole gold mine of his fucking letters, which that was his thing anyway, was letters while he was killing. But I feel like we should write him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Spencer might disagree, but I fucking feel like we should write him. What if we're fat? I'll be like, dude, we are fat. And, and, and you and, know how and to deal with fat people. <laughs> what should we do? The fucking hero sandwich that had the fucking face ball. Oh, the pictures. The <laughs> Fuck, the pictures. It, uh, crazy. So anybody that's coming in that hasn't listened to our previous episodes, this is at the Museum of Death in New, New, New Orleans. Orleans. And it's in the serial killer section, and it's the letter. They have the actual letter there that he wrote to Dee Dee about Fat Sadie. Fat Sadie. Fuck, fucking, I cannot I'm, with that and he can't. He cannot fucking with fat, fat people. Sadie. Nope. Nope. He knows a lot about fat people, how, how we just eat they ourselves. They just eat, eat they're always on diets, so yeah. she's going to be eating See, a salad. I swear he said that in the letter, too. He's like, he did. Oh, yeah, so I, that letter wasn't the exact. No, because he was like, she's going to be eating a salad. 
and you just gotta yeah. put this fucking hero sandwich in front of her yeah because fat people are always on diets i remember yeah. that part yeah holy so shit it's not the exact letter but i'm sure somebody went there and like tried to remember as much as they could about it type thing yeah, yeah. i'm sure but i got it out of a book i found online called do much next few weeks by Har- harold jaffe or i somehow that you so would say we, that do we write him no I think we should. Tell me about hero sandwiches, David. I um, mean, if you say it in that saucy little voice like that, he might like it. Tell me how much you hate fat people. Um, everybody hates a fat person until they fuck one. So that leads us in. <laughs> that leads us into our episode. This episode, which is going to be about fast food killings. Everybody. Funny that we just talked about fat Well, people. that's why I threw that in, like it all tied in together. Because sh- we got, well, the idea came from April Kaczynski Robinson, because she told us that she wanted to hear us cover the Brown's chicken murders. So when I started looking at that, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to do just a whole thing about fast food murders? So, yes, that's what we are doing. Do you ever remember the fucking video of that crazy bitch that, like, lost her goddamn mind in the fucking, uh... McDonald's? Yes! That beat the piss out of that chick? Yeah! Can I tell you how many times I've watched that video? Holy shit! All the time. She, like, went full fucking, like, I will fucking assume my um, ultimate for... um, My ultimate... Ultimate form. Shmish, shmish, me. I was like, holy shit. But throw a milkshake at me and see if I don't do the same fucking thing, bitch. She didn't get shit thrown at her. Yeah, the chick at the beginning threw a milkshake at her. If it's the one I'm thinking of, the big oh, girl that then the titty flopped out. No. Oh. No, no, no. Never mind. I was thinking of the one that's like recent. Um, The big chick that got the milkshake tossed at her. And she, like, comes out and beats the piss out of the girl, and her tit falls out, and then she's still trying oh, no, to be all tough. One, yeah, knew what she was like, I fucking, I run this shit. I was like, well, no, and you then fucking don't. The one chick is still trying to be tough, the one that chucked the milkshake, so another manager comes over and starts beating on her, too. I'm like, bitch, you don't learn, do you? Yeah, yeah fucking slow learner. You need to not learn so slow, because you'll have a lot <laughs> less black eyes, because you just got the piss beat out of you by two girls. Two too do that samoan chick yes blocked her up yes. and i was like good for you bitch like she didn't good even change you. her facial expression i was I like know. hell yeah i was like get that bitch she was talk that shit yeah. talk shit get hit right i'll fuck you up mm-hmm. throw a milkshake um, at me mm-hmm. i swear to god state law state law so you get to go first all right We're going to tell a few stories today about a few of the fast food murders. Murder. Murders. Murders. Um, The first is going to happen in Queens, New York, on a Wednesday. A Wednesday. A Wednesday. No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. No. (laughs) I'll go to Wednesdays and get a Frosty. (laughs) No. No. No, ma'am. Swear to God. State law. State law. (laughs) New York, Wendy's on May 24th of 2000. A 36-year-old named John Taylor, who was a former employee, and his friend, Craig. Ooh. Go to no? Yep. I only knew the last part because it, I mean... N-E-A-U-X. I think it's go to no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, go, it, it's no. no. <laughs> yeah. At the end, it's no. Go to no. I learned that <clears throat> with working with all those guys from Louisiana because they'd say go Saints, but it was always G-E-A-U-X. And, and I'm you're like, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. At yeah. first, I was like, I don't know what you're saying. You're like, I don't know. Since John already worked there, he knew the employees and forced the manager, John Oscar. Oh man, I don't know that last name. Jean August August Day August Day 
I don't know. I don't know either. Like, like everyone else, we fuck up her name too. No, we'll fuck up everything. So he forced the manager to tell everyone that they needed to go to the basement for a meeting. When he got all of them into the basement, him and his friend Craig took the seven employees into the freezer, bound them, and gagged them. Then took an automatic pistol, but he put plastic bags over their heads. Bound, gagged, and a plastic bag. Like, don't you think you're going... A little overboard? Overachiever here, sir. Uh, fuck, dude. So, he he actually bound and gagged them, put plastic bags over their heads, and then shot them. In the head. Ish. Do you think that's why he put plastic bags over so he couldn't see their face? I wonder. Or if... That's a good question. Because you know they already saw him. They know who he is. Um, maybe it was for his own, like... So he could be able to follow through because he can't see? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. So, however, two of them did not die. Patricio Catrista, uh, Castro... Excuse me. Mouth. Make the fucking words. Patricio Catristo. Castro. Castro. Jesus fucking Christ. It's too many, too many. Patricio, <clears throat> but it, it Patrici- means Patrick. <laughs> I guess he went by Patrick as well. Patricio Castro, who was one of the survivors, called 911. Like they lived. Five, five of them died. There mm-hmm. was seven. Yep. Five died. Yes. Two survived. Yes. And the one crawled and called 911. Cr- Jesus Christ. Crawled? I think. I, I fucking, you say the word crawled and I'm like, uh. Yeah. The two survivors obviously identified him and arrested him two days later, right? Yeah, they arrested the two guys two days later. Along with the testimony of the survivors, the ballistics, the fingerprints, um, there was pretty much a lot of identifying marks. Yeah, it wasn't that hard to find them. No. When they were arrested, they had $2,400 that they had stolen with them. Yeah, they still had it with them. Isn't that weird? Two days later, do you think they were paranoid or um, do you think that's a misinformation? No, I think it's okay. I think it's probably shit that they thought they were going to get away with, and they didn't. They just wanted to hold on to it for a while so it didn't come back to them. But the employees that they killed in the massacre were Jean Augustine, 27, Ollie Idabet, 40, Jeremy Mele, 19. Oh, he was just a BB. Ramon Nazario, 44, Anita Smith, 23. Fucking 23 and 19. Really? Because it's at, like a Jesus. fast food place. That's Fuck. the ages they usually are. I know. I don't know. The like survivors it. on this whole thing were Jaquan. <laughs> okay. I'm going to fuck this up and I'm very, very sorry. Good luck. Jaquani? I have no idea. Johnson, 18. And Patricio Patrick Castro. Fucker, you made it. Yeah. Yeah. 23. Oh, but it makes me sad. I know. That's horrible. Jesus Christ. So on January 22nd of 2001, Craig pleaded guilty to a sentence of life in prison. Fucking thank God. Yeah, no shit. On November 19th, 2012, Taylor was convicted on 20 counts of murder. Fucking 20 counts I of murder. I wonder why. I wonder, like, they would have to get... Because they, they killed five. So I wonder how they got 20 counts of murder out of I it. I am I not I wonder under- if it's different kinds of murder. I don't know. And, like, these smaller stories, it's really hard to find all the extras. It's difficult. I don't know on that one. But... Um, it was attempted murder and murder. Mm. One week later, on November 22nd, the jury sentenced Taylor to death. Yay. Yay, New York. 
On October 23rd, 2007, the Court of Appeals on the state of New York, New York's highest court, vacated the death penalty portion of that verdict. The Queen's Prosecutor's Office fought unsuccessfully to have it declared an exception, but on November 29, 2007, Taylor was resentenced to life without parole for the five murders. Up until then, he was the only inmate on death row in New York City. How crazy is that? Like, the only inmate? The only one? Yeah. The only fucking one? Until they overturned it, yeah. Anyway, Taylor is currently serving his sentence at the Clinton Clinton Collectional. No. Collectional? How about the Clinton Correctional Facility in Dannemora, New York? And Godno is currently serving his sentence at the Auburn Correctional Facility in Auburn, New York. So, assholes. And a couple of assholes. Can we back up? And why does the Wendy's have a basement? That scares me. Okay, I know that so cities are no, no, different. no. This okay. So in the South, you don't get a fucking basement basement because the fucking water table is too high. So, but in the fucking East. That is where your food storage goes. That is where your freezers go. That is where your fucking bullshit goes. Uh, no, that that's where your fucking me. rats go. <laughs> and that's where you get murdered. And that's where the murder happens. So if you ever have a fear of the basement, that, I'm probably just not reassuring anyone right now. So, so, so sorry. So sorry. Okay, the next story is one that I really want to look into a lot more because I feel like I had a lot more depth than what I could find online. But this guy is considered a fast food serial killer. What the fuck? Let me tell you why. All right. I'm, I'm, you have my fucking attention. And you, like, remind me to look up the picture for you and we need to post it because his face scares the fuck out of me. Okay. Mary. When he's older, he looks like he's like a creepy version of Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. It's like same oh hair color, my same God. haircut, same stash, but like creepy like. Yeah. Okay. Paul Dennis Reed Jr., who was born on November 12, 1957, killed people at not just one fast food restaurant, but three different ones. He was a drifter who was trying to make it big as a music star, but clearly got distracted. Clearly. Clearly. How do you go from, like, being a music star to just killing people? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He worked a lot of odd jobs in Nashville, Tennessee, one of which was a dishwasher, where he was fired for throwing a plate at a co-worker who pissed him off. Okay. I mean... I mean, I'm... Okay, so fucking... I can't disagree. (laughs) Wait. The dude that... Oh. Slung a fucking pot of hot mashed potatoes at my head. No way. Yish. Like the... I was 12. But was he the owner? Yish. And he tossed... A full fucking pot, like a 13 ounce, like not 13 ounce, but big fucking pot of mashed potatoes, slung it at my fucking head. Down the fucking dishwashing aisle, because that's what I did. I wonder why they didn't stay in business. Um... 275 no 375 an hour 12 hours a day jesus no ish no i don't get paid enough to have mashed potatoes slung at me motherfucker anyway so two weeks later which was february 16th 1997 he went into a captain d's in donaldson tennessee what is captain d's do have you ever heard of it i would assume it's probably like a fucking fish restaurant yeah i wonder that's what it sounds like to me i didn't know if it was just like a if it was a big chain because i've never heard of it before and i forgot I, to look it up mm-mm. it anyway. doesn't sound familiar to me he went in before they opened acting like he was uh going in to apply for a job so he made like the workers let him in be like hey i'm here i'm here to apply for a job let me in and when they let him in he forced 16 year old sarah jackson and the manager 25 year old steve hampton into the walk-in fridge made them lay face down on the floor and then shot them execution style <gasps> oh She's come on and he's 25 like neither one of those jesus christ they're both fucking babies yeah 
Oh, fuck. All right. He then okay. robbed the store and then left. He... Dude, it's like some, uh, what, what, what's the name of that fucking restaurant? I don't know which one. Uh, come on. Help me out. All I can think of is Chick-fil-A, and I don't know why that's the one that popped into my head, but I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> I am fucking starving, to be honest. No, the fucking fish. Captain, what the fucks? Um... I know what you're talking about. Long John Silver? Is yes. That about? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yes, that. I went, yeah, it could be one like like such. Aww. Anyway, the guy, this this guy used the money he stole to put a down payment on a car two days later. Like, look at me. Really? Look at me. I don't have a job and I'm going to put a down payment on a car. Yeah, right. A little bit over a month later, on March 23rd, 1997, at a McDonald's in Hermitage, Tennessee. Uh, I don't know. Hermitage. That's what I should name my house. Just <laughs> dish me. Dish. <laughs> dish me. Fucking Hermitage. Uh, this place is only three and a half miles away from the Captain D's that he just killed the people at a month before. As the employees Jesus were, Christ. I know. As the employees were leaving the building after closing up for the night, Reed showed up and forced them back into the building at gunpoint. He shot 17-year-old Andrea Brown, 27-year-old. What the fuck? 27-year-old mm-hmm, Ronald Santiago and 23-year-old Robert A. Sewell, execution style. He then attempted to shoot Jose Gonzalez, but for some reason his gun failed. He then stabbed Jose 17 times and left him Holy thinking he was dead. Holy shit. And Jose just kind of laid there. He was like, I can't remember. I think they said he was like 5'6 and 120 pounds or something. He wasn't very, or 160 pounds. He wasn't a very big dude. Like, And to take 17 stabs. Seventeen, but he laid very still and pretended to be dead, even though he wasn't. Reed went on and stole three thousand dollars and then left. So fuck this guy. Yeah. Side note about Jose: he was only at that store training. He had just started working there, and he didn't. Yeah, he didn't speak much English. But his manager, Ronald Santiago, who was was 23 and got shot um, and killed, had told him during his training, like, earlier that day, oddly enough, I think it was the same day, at least within the, the few days, told him that if there was ever any trouble, to dial 911 and tell them no English help. Because he didn't speak English, really, but he taught him what to say. So once Reed was gone, Jose crawled to the phone and dialed 911 and said, help, help. Oh. No, no English. Sad. Yeah. God. Jose was taken to the Jesus. hospital and treated for 17 motherfucking stab wounds. No. Ow. Especially. Oh. Okay. I'm I a, just can't I'm, even. I'm a throw up. Yes. I, I'll throw up with you. I, I, I will throw up. I have a big trash bag right there. Let's do this. I throw up. <laughs> he gave the police a description for a composite sketch and then was placed in the witness protection program and given a new identity because Reed was still at large at this point. He is still out there running around Holy killing people. shit. They have like oh no lead. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Then on April 23rd, 1997, which is a month later, at a Baskin Robbins in Clarksville, Tennessee, he struck again. This time was a little different, though. 16-year-old Michelle Mace and 21-year-old Angie Holmes had closed down the store when he convinced them to let him in. Now, I don't know if he took them with him or if he killed them in the store, but he slit both of their throats and stabbed Michelle. Jesus. Michelle, the fuck can we not? Yeah, I should. I don't don't want to break your heart anymore. So if you want to Google her, she is the cutest little fucking thing. Michelle May, she was 16 years old. She was freaking adorable. And the other one. I don't want to fucking look at it anymore. That makes me sad. Angie, who was the 21 year old, she was a new mom. Oh, yep. come on. I know. I just got chills again. I got them yesterday, too. I was writing this. I was like, God damn it. Can you, can you, 
Fucking give me a, f- throw me a bone, dude. Throw Jesus. me a freaking bone here. <laughs> <laughs> well, so after he did that, he still... $1,565 from the oh, state. Oh, whole fucking $1,500. The sad thing is, all of this, he, did, he didn't even get $10,000. He's killed, what, five, six, actually. Jesus I, Christ. I think he killed, I don't know, I can't, Jesus I can't Christ, math. For $1,500? Well, the total was J- less than $10,000. So he's killed all these people for less than $10,000. I mean, if we if you want me to kill somebody, we don't have to talk bigger numbers than that, dude. Much come bigger. on. Uh, he took that money from the safe store and dumped Michelle's body in the Dunbar Cave, which was a few miles away, and Angie into the lake with her hands bound by her work apron. Yeesh. They were found the next day after being reported that night. So they were reported the sixteen-year-old. I'm sure their mom, her mom, reported her. Like immediately. Now, yes, before this had happened, Reed had been like trying to win over one of his ex girlfriends from Texas named Michelle Roberts. And she ended up coming to visit for him for a week. He like paid for half of her shit, half her plane tickets, paid cash for all the stuff that they went to go do and see. And then she returned home. Well, after she had returned home, she was surprised when he came and knocked on her front door. He, there he is on the doorstep. She went outside to talk to him, and when she turned to go back into the house, he pulled a knife on her. He also had a gun and handcuffs. He told her to put the handcuffs on, and somehow she was able to get away from him, called the police. He took off, and she... Um, she somehow got him to come back. Like, I don't know how the hell she got him to come back. I don't know if she called him and begged him or whatever, but he came back. And the police were there when he came back because she's sneaky like that. He was arrested, of course, and I'm sure he was arrested because of what he did to her. But then his fingerprints matched the prints at the crime scenes. So he didn't even wear gloves. He wasn't even trying to be sneakies. He went to trial three times and was sentenced to seven death sentences. He is also a suspect in a few other crimes. However, on November 1st of 2013, he died in the hospital of COPD and pneumonia at the age of 55. Why? I mean, I guess the problem took care of itself, but Jesus Christ. Dude, my dad has COPD. Your dad's not... um, Robbing. Both my dads. You're, but they're right. not killing people. And I don't um, think. Not, the, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. So should we ask them? I mean, we could. Uh, Shit. Dick. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, man. <laughs> you fucking killing people? Or fucking Dale. Dale no, and Dick, are you? Dale and Dick. Are you like? Which is fucking funny because it reminds me of like Chip and Dale. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dale and Dick. Dale and Dick. Like, no. Well, Mary. Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot more that goes with him. And I think it would be fun to do a full episode on him later. Because I want to know, I want to know what happened to him before all of this happened and why he thought he could get a music career. Well, Tell me. Tell me why. Motown Phillies back, back again. again. Where were we when they started playing Boys to Men in New, or- New Orleans? No, was it we at the on, strip club? No, we were. Okay. We were, we were in the gay district of. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I remember that we were somewhere we where were they the were playing Warren G. Oh, it was on Royal Street. Uh, yeah, Roy- St. Royal. I was laughing. I'm like jamming and I'm like, can we just appreciate that they're playing Warren G? They're playing so regulate. they started playing fucking Warren G on fucking St. Royal Street. And then <clears throat> we were on Bourbon Street in the gay district. When boys to men. Yep. I and I I remember and I'm not proud that I did the Kiki Do You Love Me at the strip oh, club. God. It came on. Somebody was dancing to it, so I just I You're a I fucking did it. Whore. I did it. Kiki. Yeah. I was sitting though, so I didn't pull out. So I'm okay. Do you love me? 
blah, 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 and it gets in my head, and I don't know the fucking words, and then I get pissed. Did you see the one where the chick got run over? Which one? No, I don't, I haven't seen a chick. I saw a dude get hit by a car. No, a chick got run over, and then she's being loaded into a fucking ambulance, and I was like, I don't like it. Okay, challenges where you leave your own moving vehicle are not accepted. Stop. Don't do that shit. Is it sad that you have to, like, tell people this these days? Oh, everybody on the internet doing it. Can you fucking not with that shit? I don't give a fuck if it's cinnamon in your mouth or fucking getting out of your fucking vehicle. Tide pods. Goddamn Tide pods. Stop doing that shit. Yes. Jesus Christ. What you're going to do is you're going to reach up in your ass. When you feel your head, pull firmly. Get it out. All the way out. You got to hear a pull firmly. Yes. Mary. When you get that head out of your ass, then maybe you can start thinking correctly and keep the Tide Pods out your mouth and stay inside your moving vehicle. Douchebags. (laughs) god i love you (laughs) every time i see a new challenge like that i'm like what the fuck like the people that did the kiki thing like in their house when you know and just dance okay if you're if you're in your fucking house fine but if you're jumping out of a fucking vehicle that you should be operating no 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 yeah you should be operating on a road with oncoming traffic no 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 park your car on pull over park your car in an appropriate spot then get out then dance yes while it makes sure there are no cars coming yes that yes fuck so oh, we're gonna oh, go okay. on to the next Babe, go idea. this is in la marita did i say it semi right probably not mm. that's what i do california and it's at an in and out burger which is, I guess, that... Oh, my God. Can I get an animal style fry? I like... The, and a protein burger? Yes. A double-double protein style. Yeesh. Animal style. That Yeesh. is my favorite. And I even if I'm not on a diet, because I'm a fat person, I'm always on a diet. Even if I'm not, I still like it animal style better. I do, too. Or protein style, sorry. Protein style. I always get an animal well, style. Well, animal style. Like, I'll get I'll get it protein <clears throat> style and still get frucking fries. I don't give a shit. Frucking? Frucking fries. Frucking frucking fries. I'm so hungry. Why do we have to do this about <laughs> fast food when I'm hungry? God damn it. This is what I get for doing my own thinking sometimes. Anyway, so this In-N-Out is like 17 miles away from downtown Los Angeles. In case you don't know where it is, because I don't know where it is. But some people I do. do. You I do. do. You do. I, I do. I do. I do. On February 26th of 2016, a 48-year-old Josefina... Josefina. Josefina Alcocker, Alcocer. It's What? Okay. It's not cock, I promise. But I don't know uh, how to say it. What the... F- can, can I see it? A-L-C-O-C-E-R. And I tried to watch videos on it to see if they would say their name, but I couldn't find it. Oh, closer. How closer. See, I can't. I can't read words that are simple. (laughs) I also can't spell certain words. There's one word, and it's restaurant, and I can't ever spell it right. Oh, it's restaurant. Ah, that was And that's that's how you get it. Because I'm the same motherfucker. No, it's restaurant. That Rot. helps, actually. Because yes. I always do it. Yeah, I try yeah, to Yeah, I do the earlier. same shit. Anyway, she was found dead in the parking lot of the In-N-Out Burger. When the story first came out, the media said that she had been shot to death, but that was not the truth. Sad, like, she was probably opting for that after what actually happened. She'd been, Aww. yeah, it's awful. She'd been taking out the trash to the outside dumpster at 4.45 a.m. Please tell me what time In-N-Out opens. Uh, 24 hours. They're 24? In certain certain areas, it's 24 hours. That makes more sense. Um, But while she was doing that, she was beaten to death. Reports say they think she was beaten with a baseball bat or something like that. Yeah. She'd only been at work since 4 a.m. 
and uh, was not outside for very long before she was killed. The cause of death ended ended up being blunt force trauma to the head. An employee from a nearby business saw her dead body in the parking lot and called 911. She was pronounced dead at the scene at 5.08 a.m. She got to work at 4, and she was pronounced dead at 5.08. Jesus Christ, I'm going to throw up. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Now, it gets even lovelier. Oh, fuck. It's going to get worse? nothing else happens to her, but it's still unsolved. This was in 2016. Still unsolved. Nobody knows who killed her or why. She had worked. She had nothing fucking on her. Uh uh-uh. uh. So, what the fuck were they going to kill her for? I other don't know. than to cut. Co- oh, uh, okay. Other than to kill her. Like, um, 508. Dude, 508. she was there was one hour. One hour. Aww. Mm-hmm. She had worked for that in and out store for 20 years when she was murdered. Literally a fucking hour. Mm-hmm. The okay. In-N-Out owner and president, Lindsay Snyder, said in a statement that uh, Josef... What was their name? Josefina. I'm not even going to try saying her Josefina. last name again. Josefina was one of the restaurant's first employees when the business opened in La Merida in 1996. Oh, come the fuck up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Her husband also works for In-N-Out, but he works in the one in Orange County. The statement that was put out by Lindsay Snyder said, this is a quote, The entire In-N-Out family grieves today over this senseless tragedy as we send our thoughts and prayers to the Alcoser family. We are devastated and will miss her. So many things going on in the world today. We will remain strong and stand in love for Josefina. God bless and comfort all who are mourning a loved one at this time. There is still no suspect. There's no motive. Uh, Dude, I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, But anybody, they're asking, they're still, they've still got this up. So anybody that has any information is is supposed to call the Sheriff's Homicide Bureau at 323-890-5500. If you wish to remain anonymous, you could call Crime Stoppers at 800-222-8477. That's fucking horrifying. Like, you're just taking out the trash. 20 fucking years. 20 fucking years she's worked there. And then one And day she's taking, taking out, out the, the goddamn garbage and she just gets fucked up. Yeah. Uh. Could we not? Can you fucking not? All of these are horrible. Horrible. I should have done... Jesus I should have done, like, funny fast food uh, uh, Fuck, things, Nikki. Oh, I mean, could we do some fucking Chuck E. Cheese? I know, right? shit. I saw a good Chuck E. Cheese brawl video over the weekend. It was amazing. Oh, dude, it was They never get old. Funny. No, they don't. No. They really just don't. Not one. No. Nope. So, we're going to go to our final story. I keep saying so. I think I've took I've taken it over for you. Oh, so. 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 And, but, hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the final. And then, but, hey, so. so uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to put the so um story for just our, comp- our total uh, story song for our See, so, um, but then, uh, every time that I'm editing and I put it on the so-sode, I listen to it in full every single time because it makes me laugh still. It's fucking funny. Every time, every week, once a week, I listen to it Lisha. and I giggle just as much every time. Anyway, we're going to do what brought us to fast food murders and go with the Brown's chicken murders. Oh, but then this is also the Browns chicken lady <laughs> in the left corner. <laughs> We've got, <laughs> but I want to look into this more because of the information you find online is really sketchy. It's, it's body, but there's best. a book, and I wasn't going to be able to get it here in time, so I'm going to order it. And if it's worth it, if it's got more info, we might be revisiting this one too in in the future. 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 So we're going to go to April 23rd, 
No, that's the Baskin Robbins. I just started at the top of the page. That is not the right one. No, that's we that's now where we're going. We're going to go to January 8th, 1993, where a mass murder happened at the Brown's Chicken in Pal- Palatine, Illinois, which is like a suburb of Chicago. 18-year-old Juan Luna and 20-year-old James Degorski decided to rob the restaurant. And from what I can tell, the two went in and ate dinner together and then just kind of stayed as they were closing up and locking the doors. Oh, you know they, how they all do. Oh, willy-fucking-illy. They're mm-hmm. like, uh, we're just going to hang out. And that's usually like when I worked at Wendy's, like you lock the door as the universal sign of get the fuck out. Like we're locking the door. We're closing. You need to go ahead and go. That did not go so well for these people. Um, when they closed the door after they finished eating and they closed the door, locked the doors, they forced seven employees into the freezer and shot them all. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's sketchy details because there's a video that I watched that said that they slit their throats too, but I couldn't find that anywhere. So that's... Fuck, part- I really hope not. Yeah. Jesus. That's part of what I want to get the book for because I want I wants to know um details here's what's even better we're gonna kill seven people we're gonna shoot seven people and then only steal two thousand dollars um couple of grand yeah two thousand dollars that's fucking and I know that this is 1993 and two thousand dollars is a little bit more than it is now or you know you know what I'm trying to say. It was Ish. worth more than, than it is now. Right. But fucking Jesus Christ, seven people for $2,000? Um, the seven victims were Richard and Lynn. I don't know how to say it, but I think it's Ellenfeld. Along with their five employees, Guadalupe Maldonado. <laughs> wow. I can say it in my head, but my mouth Maldonado. wasn't making it work. Yes. Like I knew what I needed to say, but it wasn't. My, my mouth wasn't cooperating. It was fucking Maldonado. It was betraying me. Michael C. Castro and Rico L. Soils. The last two were both part time. Yes. Solis. I can't. I'm going ahead of myself. Rico L. Solis. And they were both part-time. Michael Castro and Rico were both part-time high school students. Oh, fuck that. Yep. God damn it. See, this is why I'm like... I know. So fucking protective of my kids. Right? Now I know why my mom was so upset when I didn't call her. I wish you would explain shit like this to me. Instead of (laughs) being like, just because I said. That doesn't work, mom. Anyway, mm. um, the last two were Thomas mm. Menace, Menace and Marcus Nelson. Michael Castro's parents called the police a couple hours after closing time after he didn't show up. Guadalupe's wife called the police because her husband didn't come home from work, but his car was still in the parking lot. So they call they close at it's nine. A, they and have- so, yeah, after a certain amount of time, they're like, all right. Five and a half hours the store clo- uh, five and a half hours after the store closed, the police arrived, found the employee door open still. Like it was unlocked and open that whole time. So luckily oh, shit. Luckily Guadalupe's wife didn't go in there though, because she knew his car was in the parking lot. So I don't know if she went like driving looking for him. Oh, that's fucking so horrifying. I'm just glad she didn't go in there and find him because the employee door was open and then they found the seven bodies in the walk-in freezer the police questioned a former employee who had been recently fired but he was released then in 1994 another man was questioned after they discovered his fingerprints matched a half print that they had found at the crime scene but he was released as well they also interviewed over 300 current and former Brown's Chicken employees. Guess who was one of them? Juan Luna. Because he used to work there. And he he got cleared. I don't know how the fuck he got cleared. What questions were they asking? So, <laughs> in 1997, they thought it was possible that a man who killed five people in a fast food, in fast food killings in Tennessee was connected, but no link could be made. Now... I think that it, that they're trying to connect it to Paul Reed from our the story two stories ago, the guy two who sto- killed all of the people. Two stories, stories ago. ago, 
that killed all the people at the three, the serial killer. They, I think that they were trying to connect him to it, but could never find anything that connected him to it. He, it was just, you know, similar thing. He just, I don't think he was in Chicago. Sure. 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 The police were being heavily criticized for not being able to find out who it was. And they said they were doing everything they could to solve it. Okay. Right. You, you kind of let the one guy go that you questioned that did it. Just saying. Like, I'm not yeah, criticizing. I'm, I, hey, man, I'm just fucking pointing out the obvious. Uh, the That particular restaurant closed down after the massacres, as you could imagine. And the building was left vacant. A dry cleaning business was there for a little bit, but then in April of 2001, the building was demolished. Now, it's still an unsolved crime at by April 2001. There were over 100 Brown's Chicken stores in Illinois and Indiana, but after the massacre, it, they just slowly started going under. People didn't want to go in there anymore. They're like, no, sir, that's where people die. And as of 2016, there's only 25 of those 100 left. Which sucks for the for the owners because, like, it, it's not their fault. They had a thriving business, and then some dickwad decides to go kill seven people, and now their business is down. Like they claimed, I think that I saw in a video that they claimed bankruptcy and stuff. But this case went unsolved for nine years, and in two thousand two, police received a tip from a woman named Ann Lockett that happened to be James Degorski's ex-girlfriend and she told police that it was him nine years later she also told them that juan luna was involved and juan was the one who was the former employee just saying just so you know just so you know Anne was dating james at the time of the crime she knew all about it all along but kept secret because he threatened to kill her if she told anyone like, if you tell somebody and he gets taken in, what's he going to do? But I get it. Like, they, can, oh, they thought fuck, worse. man. What if he gets yeah. to her before he gets Exactly. And what if in. he gets out? Yeah. 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 So, I totally get it. Um, after, also, yes, yes, I'm going to say all the words at once. Also, after the crime, the forensic investigator by the name of Homeyer, they didn't give the first name, took some did chicken you, bones. Did you, did you say Homeyer? Homeyer, yeah, H O M E Y E R. Homeyer. Homeyer. All right. Okay. She took chicken bones from the garbage of the crime scene at the time, which people thought that was a little bit crazy, but she was thinking that maybe the killers left them behind, which she was right. But in 1993, there wasn't enough technology to get DNA from the saliva, so the so they kept them in the freezer hoping the technology would eventually be good enough to do so in the future. In April of 2002, which happened to be the same year the ex-girlfriend came forward, DNA identification was finally a tool that law enforcement could use. The saliva was taken from the frozen chicken bone, and it was matched to Juan Luna. When Homeyer was questioned in a phone interview 25 years later, because this year was the 25 years, like this January was 25 years later. Mm -hmm. What she said in her interview for that was, quote, it wasn't something that would be a normal cause of business, course of business. Talking about taking the chicken bones. To think that, hey, 10 years from now, we're going to get DNA from this. Maybe there was a little divine intervention to plant that thought in my head. Because I think very easily I could have not had that thought too. But I'm very grateful that I did and that it helped bring solace to the victims and their families. I do remember that some of the media reports were very critical of me doing that. Kind of piling on with the general statements about the lab not knowing what we were doing. So, she got shit for it, but it was it was the right thing to do. Homeyer worked as the chief of the forensic science training unit at the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia, and now works at the intelligence community as an assistant director at the office of the Director of National Intelligence. Now, I got all those quotes and stuff out of the Chicago Times from January 8th of 2018. If you want to go read that article, it's a good one. 
on May 18th, we're jumping back to 2002, May 18th, Juan Luna and James Degorski were charged for the murders. In August, the Cook County prosecutors announced that they wanted to seek the death penalty against them. However, they both ended up getting life sentences and not the death penalty because the jury did not have in the unanimous decision necessary to do so. God damn it. Right. I mean, whatever. At least they're in there for for life. But wait. There's but wait, more. There's more. There's like more. Billy Mays. Yes. Oh wait. Oh, we share the same last name. Oh, you too. I thought you were going to say that. Wait, he's dead, too. I was like, don't say that. Well, I mean, he is. He is. Okay, there's more. Degorski ended up being awarded $451,000 in a civil lawsuit against former Cook County Jailer, who, a former Cook County Jailer, who allegedly beat him up. Oh, shit. Like, nobody is okay with this decision. Well, fuck me. So you kill people, you get a life sentence, but then you win $451,000? Um, how does that... Fu- oh, oh, okay, who do I have to fucking kill right? to get $451,000? Well, apparently you just need to be beat up by a cop. Shit. While you're in um, prison. Uh, okay, or a jailer. Oh, oh, yeah. Find me a fucking jailer. <laughs> Jesus. We're, we gonna get you beat up. Let's do this. Just saying. Yeah, there was a lot of things that were that said um, that it was like he got paid to kill. He got paid four hundred and fifty-one thousand. Are to you kill. fucking serious? No, I'm saying that oh. it was like that. Like they oh. were upset because it's like, hey, you killed people, then you get a little bit beat up and you get paid. Oh, I was like, are you? Are no, you, are they you, were. Are just you fucking pissed. serious? Because no. where where do we sign up for that? Because Shit. I can take an ass kicking. Like, I don't know. I, I'm 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 fucking sturdy, dude. I can do this. Um, a Chase Bank now stands where the Brown's Chicken Building once was, and some of the residents still have issues with actually going inside the building. There was a person in an interview that said, "I'll go to the drive up, but I'm not going inside because it's just Aww, like they feel fucking, like that's sad." Yeah, it's not the same building because they destroyed it, they demolished it, and built a new one, but it's still in this. It's in the same spot. Like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. dude. People, when people die in a area, I don't, I don't want it. And young people, there was teenagers in there, high school little kids, bits. yeah, little bits for two thousand dollars, though, like. Just give them, go get the $2,000. You have a better chance. Get the money. Rob them at gunpoint. Scare them, but you don't need to kill them. Okay, don't do any of that. But that would have been the better alternative. I swear to fucking God. Ew, I hate this. I hate that. So there's a book and I really want to get it though. And I, cause I feel, I want to know, I want to know lots, lots more. And I couldn't Uh, find it. Which is fair, but. You touch my kid, I'll fucking kill you. I could imagine that's how, that's why the dude got beat in by the jailer. I bet he's like, look, you motherfucker, you killed kids. You killed kids that are just working part-time jobs. Little fucking kids. My fucking heart, I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ, Fagaris. It's so scary because. Fuck you up. I know. Like I, I don't give a shit. I will fuck you up. I know that they all leave together at night, like safety and numbers. And then yeah. that one, they got all pushed back in all together, all seven of them. Like it's How just, it f- sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> it's horrible. It's horrible. Everything about it is horrible. It is. I gotta go pack. All right. Because we're going to go to Salt Lake tomorrow. Yes, we are. Yeesh. You realize it's like we're not leaving for 24 hours. And we're not staying for that long. No. I'll just close my suitcase. We can use what's left in there. There's like 15 <laughs> pairs of underwear still. I'm sure there's a full outfit. Like, we're good. I seriously, I peed my pants so many times. <laughs> 
<laughs> I took enough underwear to stay there for a month because I was so afraid of getting like swass. Swass. And it's yeah. fucking real though. It's and, fucking real. And I was like, well, maybe if we go to the swimming pool and come back and I'll want to change that. We then. never went to the fucking swimming pool. I didn't pool. even see it. Did you? Yes. You saw it? Yes. But we never fucking went. No. No. I'm always too Because we're assholes. The day I wanted to go was the day after the uh, strip club because I just wanted to go like chill. But I really just wanted a bathtub, but there wasn't one. No, I really just, I needed a fucking like chill day in the fucking tub. I didn't want to get out of the room though to go chill. Like it was too much work to go chill. (laughs) You seriously, like when I opened the door and you're like, well, you opened the door and I was like, oh, hunty. You were like, no. no. No, I was tired. Like, I didn't feel bad. I was dizzy. I was probably still drunk. But I never got <laughs> sick. Like, I never got this sick hangover. I never got, like, because usually I get, like, a horrible headache and my stomach isn't right. And I just feel like shit. And that day I was just, like, a little dizzy and and tired. I mean, I don't know why. We didn't get back till 4 in the morning. I just need to take a nap. And pack my shit. Uh, have you packed your shit? No, because I don't have that much shit to pack. We're going for one night. I gotta throw a couple clothes in there. Stop. I hate that noise. I just have to throw some clothes in there and go. I don't know why we have to have 24 hours to pack. I just need a nap. Because I have to pack three kids as well. Oh, shit. But I'm not even that worried about it. Yeah, I'll probably, I don't want to do it. I'll probably I don't, take I don't. a couple seconds. Spencer was like, you need to pack your fucking clothes. And I'm like, no. No. You guys no, are I don't way like ahead of shit if you pack this early. Like, we're going overnight. I figured I'd just throw it all in in the morning. Find us on social media on Facebook at Color Me Dead Podcast, which is our main page that there's not a whole lot that goes on there. But if you want all the fun stuff, you can go to the Color Me Dead group where it gets all raunchy and rowdy and nobody has feelings. And yes, it's fun. It's a good time. We're also on Instagram at Color Me Dead Podcast and Twitter at Color Me Dead Pod. On Facebook, we also have our CMD Book Club, which is ran by our amazing Heather Rottweiler. So if you're interested, they're all true crime type books and there's discussion on it and it's pretty fucking cool. So if you want to join, go to CMD Book Club. We also have the CMD Keto Motivation Group for everybody that's doing keto and wants suggestions, that wants support, or to have find recipes. There's lots of good support in there because there's people that have been doing it for a while. There's people that are new to it. There's people who might do it but want to sit back and watch for a minute first. There's also people to dream about sugar with on there. And to talk about your horrible sugar withdrawals on there. I'm going to have to say, start cooking at home and stay out of chalk lines. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've heard the stories about murder and homicide. But what about the rest of the crimes committed daily? What about the police officer who robbed banks during lunch? or the multi-million dollar diamond heist? What about the assaulters, stalkers, and arsonists? I'm Lindsay, the host of Mugshot. Mugshot is a new true crime podcast that tells the stories of non-murderous crimes. Season one has begun and new episodes release on Mondays. Mugshot can be found on most podcatchers and on social media at the handle at mugshotpod. I hope you'll join me, but until then, Be on your best behavior, or you'll end up with your own mugshot. This is the Big Shot Killer speaking.